0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me on Twitter.com as well at Ian C. McLaren. Subscribe, download, listen, rate and review the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you listen. And uh, please also rate and review if you have a moment. To kick off today's show, we're going to take a look back at last night's win over the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Then we'll uh, quickly preview tonight's game in Chicago. And then as we do... um, On a daily basis, we'll take a look around at some news and notes uh, from the NHL. And yes, the Bruins did come out victorious against the Canucks last night in Boston with a 4-0 victory, a very familiar and um, pleasing result. Uh, If you recall, that was the same score of Game 7 back in 2011. And uh, the Bruins have really been going at the internal competition approach at the moment in order to spark uh, some... Yeah, inspired play, a full 200-foot effort, and it's really been working as the Bruins have now won four in a row. Uh, Yesterday's plan was to uh, put Sean Corrales on the third line alongside uh, Charlie Coyle and Anders Bjork, and it really seemed to uh, do the trick. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said uh, he had the puck. He was assertive, trying to get to the net. I thought he got into shooting lanes. Sometimes freeing up and going to the wing allows you to do some of that. Uh, so as opposed to playing fourth line center, Corrali was playing the wing. Cassidy added, you're not worried about what's going on behind you, or are you first back in the zone? It's something we've talked about with Sean. Uh, did they toggle him? Try him over there. It worked out well uh, last night, Cassidy said, and he showed the player he can be for us. Um, yeah. Coralli had been scratched previously, so he said it was obviously good to get back. Just wanted to play, keep it simple, and play hard. Um, Charlie Coyle said they haven't played a lot together, he and Sean Corrali. Uh, But you kind of know what to expect from Corrali. He's got a ton of speed, can protect the puck really well. Uh, you know he's going to take the puck to the net. Um, it's nice to get rewarded when you play with a new linemate or two. Uh, Coyle added he uh, scored uh, the game Opening goal on a play that was reviewed uh, for offside. And we all thought it was offside. But if you look back, uh, you can see that McAvoy played the puck perfectly. Didn't touch it until Corrali, who had uh, blown a tire and fallen into the net, was able to get back over the blue line. Uh, McAvoy then shot the puck on net. Coy got the rebound and deposited behind Jacob Markstrom. Um So I would imagine that that line will be back together. Uh, for tonight's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And again, it was a really effective um, trio. And it could possibly answer some questions heading into the trade deadline. Uh, Do the Bruins, instead of uh, trying to shore up the third line, do they bump Corrali up and perhaps bring up Trent Frederick to inspire the fourth line to play center and kind of that reduced checking role? Or do they keep Corrali or bump him back to the fourth line and try to add some more speed and skill um, and try to see if he can find his game on the fourth line. But uh, for now, it really seems to have been working with DeBrusque, Krejci, Kuhlman on the second line. And, you know, the Bruins are up against the cap. They have limited cap space to work with. Uh, They do have some assets that they could float in the trade market, uh, but it would have to make sense cap-wise as well. So if some of these answers could be um, met from within then that's a best case scenario um, certainly there's room for upgrades in and uh, around the lineup but um, you know they they do have the horses there uh, as we all know this is basically the same lineup that got them to the final last year very limited roster turnover um, guys that did come in like Richie they're already gone um, so this is kind of what they have to work with. They know it's a good group because they did it last year. Um, I guess with Jeremy Lozon stepping in there, he also has proven to be very effective in his third pairing role with Matt Grizzlick. uh, Tuka Rask. He obviously got the shutout in this win and, um, he credited, uh, all the players in front of him saying it was one of the best checking games all over the ice that I can remember. Uh, everybody checked well defended well and that turned into offense that's great to see when we win 4-0 you know it's a great checking game according to uh rask it was his third shutout of the season 48th of his career and yeah a real uh team effort in order to make that happen overall like i said the bruins have won four at home um dating back to the games against pittsburgh cassidy says there's five or six games now uh where he likes kind of where Boston's game is trending. Uh, We all know they won against Pittsburgh. Uh, They were winning another game and then coughed up the lead. Uh, It was nice to see the Bruins kind of get that lead, hold on to it, not allow uh, Vancouver to get back into it. And um, just playing that full 60 minute effort. Uh, Coyle said as well, it's nice to start off this way after a long break, get a few wins under your belt. They're not really fluky either, he said. We're doing the right things, and that's a good sign coming out of the break. Um, Charlie McAvoy, again, he didn't score, but he did get uh, two assists. Very creative, uh, very assertive. Both ends with the ice, and it's only a matter of time until the goals come. I, re- I truly believe that. He's not going to stay at a 0% shooting uh, all season. So that was kind of uh, the view from... Um, Boston the win over the Canucks last night Uh, a really encouraging effort and hopefully the Bruins can keep it going here on the second in as many nights against a Chicago team Uh, that uh, looks okay we'll get into that in a moment but um, yeah I think that's pretty much the main takeaways from last night again I thought Coyle was a, a standout player for the Bruins uh, he had the opening winner. Sorry, the yeah, the opening goal, the game winner. Uh, it was his first in eight games, so it was very good to see him uh, get off the schneid in that way. He was involved in a number of high da- danger chances throughout the contest, and he and Corrali and Bjork really look like a nice little third line. So um, again, we'll see if that uh, continues uh, here in Chicago tonight, and I very much imagine that it will. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listeners. A Locked On podcast listener, if your company wants to connect with Bruins fans, and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Lock- local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's Advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's look ahead now to uh, tonight's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the Blackhawks have been outside of the playoff picture the last couple of years, but they have won six of their last eight games. They're three points out of the second wild card spot in the West and um, really seem like a team... I wouldn't say on the rise per se, but a team uh, that can't be taken lightly, certainly at this point. Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, he put up a piece uh, yesterday, I guess, saying that uh, Blackhawks are again playing meaningful games. Points are precious. The Blackhawks are finally relevant again. And, um, you know, obviously this team was a powerhouse not too long ago. Uh, We all remember 2013, of course. Uh, They won as recently as 2015. Haven't been in the playoffs the last couple of years, as I mentioned. Uh, Jonathan Taves said they certainly missed that. He said those last two years, it's not fun when you go into a lot of those games and you don't feel like you have any respect from your opponent. That's a kick to the you-know-where. I'm assuming he means nuts. And right now, we're proving that we believe in ourselves, that we believe we're a team that can contend and compete, especially in the playoffs Part of that, of course, is uh, their tandem and net of uh, Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard. Uh, Leonard leads the way with 15 wins, 9.22 save percentage. Looks like a very astute pickup for uh, the Blackhawks after Leonard was not re-signed by the Islanders uh, back in the summer. Uh, Patrick Kane leads the team with 25 goals, 40 assists, and 65 points. Uh, So he's playing at a high level and uh, they do have uh, some other younger players that are stepping up for them as well uh, in the form of uh, Dominic Kubelik, uh, who's an impressive young rookie with uh, 21 goals already to his name through 51 games. We all know Alex Debrinkit is a very talented player. Uh, passed over by the Bruins in favor of the aforementioned Trent Frederick a couple years ago. Uh, Dylan Strom has been a good pickup for them from Arizona. Eric Gustafson, Alex Nealander, Kirby Dak. These are all guys who uh, come immediately after uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in the team scoring race with um, Brandon Sod in there as well. Uh, so, you know, apart from Kane, Taves, uh, Crawford, and, uh, who else? Duncan Keith. This is a relatively young team. Uh, they still have, um, yeah, some very high end talent. They haven't been able to rebuild on the fly uh, as effectively as the Bruins, I'd say, although the Bruins did of course miss those two years of playoff action not too long ago. albeit by just a, a couple of points. Whereas Chicago has been further down, um, further down the ranks, which is why they were able to, uh, you know, draft Kirby Dak with a top five pick last year, a third overall pick. Um, But yeah, certainly not a team to take lightly. Uh, Nobody really is in today's NHL. I've said that over and over. Uh, They are within striking distance of a playoff spot. They'll be hungry to pick up those two points at home tonight against the Bruins. Um, will be a nationally televised game, I believe, uh, NBC and um, yeah, Chicago 25, 21 and seven through 53 games minus six goal differential. So Bruins can certainly take advantage of that as the Bruins, I think since the break, they're outscoring the opposition 12 to including two um, of those central division opponents in Winnipeg and Minnesota over the weekend. Boston's now plus 44 for the season. One back of Tampa Bay, who's at plus 45. Uh, The only other game tonight is Toronto at New York. Uh, Frederick Anderson uh, is day-to-day with a neck injury, meaning Michael Hutchinson will play for the uh, Maple Leafs tonight. The Leafs and Rangers are separated by nine points in the standings. Uh, Toronto desperately trying to stay in playoff race without now their top defenseman in Morgan Riley and their top goaltender in Frederick Anderson. They're currently two points back of Philadelphia for the second wildcard spot and one point back of uh, Florida for the third spot in the Atlantic. And uh, after tonight, the Panthers will have two games in hand. So um, it'd be really behoove the Leafs to pick up a point although if they don't we won't hate to see it. Elsewhere around the NHL our boy Pasternak is now second in the goal scoring race after Alex Ovechkin recorded a hat-trick in a win over the Kings last night. Now has 698 career goals. He's now at 40 goals for the season for the 11th time in his career and uh, yeah he now leads that goal scoring race uh, two ahead of David Pasternak and three ahead of Austin Matthews um, and with one fewer game played than our boy Pasternak. So uh, Pasta is going to have to step it up if he wants to claim that Richard trophy. O- Ovechkin just spun it on a ridiculous run here. I think he has like three hat tricks in his last uh, six games or something stupid like that. 10 goals away from his ninth 50 goal season. That would tie the record held by Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy. He needs 11 more goals to pass Mike Gardner for 7th on the all-time scoring list. Speaking of milestones, uh, former Bruin and current San Jose Sharks center Joe Thornton became the 14th player in NHL history to record 1,500 career points. This came in a win over Calgary uh, with two assists uh, for the 40-year-old um He's now seventh among the league's all-time assist leaders with 1,085. A surefire Hall of Famer in my books, despite the lack of a cup, Uh, but he is one of the best uh, of our generation. And I will uh, always lament the fact that he was not a career Boston Bruin. Um, What other news do we have here? I mentioned Anderson out with a neck injury day to day. They Maple Leafs recalled Casimir Kaskisuo and Hutchinson will play um, in the game tonight against the New York Rangers on the rumor mill. uh, Looks like Mike Hoffman may be available. Pierre Lebrun reports teams are calling the Florida Panthers. At least Uh, the Panthers are of course in a playoff spot right now. doesn't think they're really in sell mode or shopping mode, but they could listen to offers on Hoffman, Uh, they do have a 10 team, no trade list of his in December. They already have a high scoring team and they have some young players coming up like Owen Tippett who could replace Hoffman if they were to trade them. Um, and certainly they do have a need on the blue line and would like to shore up the defense. So perhaps Hoffman would be the player to go. Um, Hoffman carries a $5.18 million salary cap hit, uh, And it will be an unrestricted free agent in July. So probably unlikely to resign him. And um, they would probably be looking to bring in a defenseman of similar cap hit in order to offset any uh, additions there in that way. So um, yeah, Panthers in a playoff spot, but maybe looking to swap a forward to shore up the defense, uh, which would be a pretty good move for them, I think. I mentioned Josh Anderson on the podcast yesterday. Uh, Darren Drager, this is all from TSN's Insider Trading, by the way. Uh, he noted that there is interested interest in Anderson, but it doesn't make much sense for Jarmo Kekalainen to move him unless he gets an offer that just blows him out of the water. Anderson's a restricted free agent, uh, proven to put the puck in the net, uh, a physical winger. And if um, they can't resign him, they can always look to move him in the offseason right now. Um, the Jackets are in a playoff spot, surprisingly, and certainly not in sell mode as perhaps uh, we might have expected. They're uh, you know only four points back of Pittsburgh for second in the uh, Metropolitan Division, albeit with uh, two more games played. But, you know, hanging in there uh, and kind of, lying all expectations for them after losing a bunch of, uh, pretty key players. Uh, speaking of the Leafs again, um, it's reported by Bob McKenzie from TSN, Dave Feshuk from the Toronto star that they'll intensify their hunt for a backup goalie. Now that Anderson is sidelined, um, it might spur Kyle Dubas into action, not only for, um, goaltending, but also for help on defense, uh, Names out there include Craig Anderson from the Senators, Alexander Georgiev. Uh, perhaps they could talk the Rangers into dealing uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Although finding room for his cap hit would be uh, pretty pretty crazy. Um, and uh, but obviously that would be a big deal for the uh, for the Maple Leafs to to take a a guy of his caliber. Um yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's podcast. I had thought about uh, opening up the mailbag, but then with last night's game and tonight's game, uh probably made more sense to address those. Um so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We are the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your favorite team every single day. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen. Um I always appreciate the support. Of course, and am really, um, yeah, just thankful for all those who take some time to tune in every day. Uh, if you're able to give a rating and a review, particularly on Apple, uh, to get that star rating up, that would be much, much appreciated. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. I hope you all enjoy tonight's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, hopefully the Bruins can keep things going. I really like what I'm seeing uh, with these internal lineup changes going on. And, uh, I expect it'll be a similar lineup to last night. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Bruins can hopefully keep things going here and, uh, just really solidify their standing as the top team in the Atlantic, which they have been since pretty much day one. Um, yeah, I think that's it. If you need me, you can find me at ENC McLaren on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can find, uh, actually, you can email me at Locked on Boston Bruins at gmail.com if you have a longer message or um, some more detailed feedback that you'd like to offer. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, friends. It's hump day. All signs point to the weekend where the Bruins will have two afternoon games coming up. And uh, yeah, really look forward to seeing what this team can do here down the stretch, obviously. Uh, take care, friends, and I will talk to you tomorrow.